Hello, and welcome to the podcast for the journal Integrated Environmental Assessment and Management, better known as IEAM. I'm Jenny Shaw. In this special episode of the IEAM podcast, we're speaking with the new editor-in-chief of the journal, Sabina Opitz, to learn more about her and her vision on all things IEAM. Hi, Sabina. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for asking me. You and I have known each other for many years now, but your name may be new to some of our listeners. So can you start off by telling us a bit about yourself? I'm a marine geochemist by training. My first degree was chemistry, and then I studied oceanography at Scripps Institution of Oceanography, and then did a, did a postdoc at a marine environmental lab, a Navy lab, right after that. And then I stayed for 10 years doing research on contaminant behavior in sediment seawater systems and providing advice to the federal government on the science and policy and technology of coastal environmental management. Then we moved to the UK and for 20 years, I've been a consultant giving environmental advice on how we use science to inform environmental policy and decision-making to a number of clients. You know, my introduction to science writing and environmental journalism started in 1970 because I was in an enrichment class in third grade, and the teacher was very into environmental issues. And we had a newsletter called The Roadrunner, and I wrote articles, one called Glass, a Barefoot's Enemy, about rubbish on the beach. I wrote an article about DDT and pelicans. And we had a paper drive back when people didn't do much recycling, where people brought their newspaper and we gave them a packet of seeds. I got a President's Environmental Award in 1970, signed by Richard Nixon. So I was very early into environmental issues. This actually is a piece of the puzzle that fits right in, completing the picture of you stepping into the <laughs> editor-in-chief role, I think. For fellow researchers, we know about the benefits to publishing your work, uh, but not everyone loves publishing enough to become a committed editor and then eventually be helming a journal. What is it about publishing that, that appeals to you in that way? Before I was a scientist, I wanted to be a writer. I thought I was going to be a poet and philosopher, but I love writing and I love communication. When I started out as a government scientist, you know, we all enter environmental science and we're going to change the world. And I was delivering data by the kilogram at sites and on projects and not understanding why it didn't make a difference. I have spent a lot of my career trying to better understand how to make science relevant and how to communicate it and how to help science be part of the dialogue in decision-making and policy, because it's a long chain from fundamental science to societal decision-making, and it's not all intuitive. And learning to write and communicate and then share that with others is part of that journey. If we want to be relevant, if we want to make a difference, 
And so the journal is such a good opportunity and it continues to be such a good opportunity for me and for CTAC scientists and for people that want to be relevant to have a platform for that and to, to learn together. How did you first hear about IEAM? I've known Rick for, I don't know, we sat on panels and committees together for a number of years. When he started IEAM, I was on the editorial board of the Journal of Soils and Sediments and had recently moved to the UK. We were working on a summary paper on sediment assessment and management issues, and Rick reached out and convinced us to submit it to the journal. So I am the lead author on the first article in the first issue. <laughs> what is it about IEAM that makes it unique relative to other journals? Because there are so many environmental science journals out there. There are a lot of environmental science journals, but I think we're unique in that our prime focus is the question of how you use rigorous valid science to inform decisions. There are applied science journals. There are a lot of people talking about various integrative questions, but I'm not aware of another journal where that's the prime focus and mission to say, how do we solve problems and how do we do so in a rigorous and transparent way? Because that's really one of the requirements for a paper being submitted to the journal. It is. We want our authors to answer that so what question. We don't just want a data report. We don't just want your fundamental research or your cool method. We want you to engage the question of how do we use these things to solve problems, to better manage and regulate the environment. That's not to say that the data report is not informative on its own, but, but that our readers are expecting to be able to use your published paper to make their work better. Well, exactly. At some level, if you have a unique data set, that's fantastic. And it might be relevant to the journal, but only if you engage in that generalizable question, how do we use these data to solve problems differently or better? Or what does this say about the way we want to manage our environment? So you've now been editor-in-chief of the journal for just a few weeks, and you've certainly hit the ground running within the confines of a global pandemic, no less. Can you share with us a bit about your vision for IEAM, whether it's just the near future or do you have a longer view? Well, part of what's important to me as I come on is thinking about our succession plan how we grow up new editors, writers, a lot of us senior editors are at or approaching retirement age. And I think it's very important that we mentor and grow up new members and writers, new people for the journal at all career levels. And so that is a more diverse and global voice because it's a global journal addressing global issues. So one vision is to really focus on mentoring and growth and advancement from the bottom up on the journal. 
I'd also like to ensure that climate impacts and implications of all work are addressed in papers, not just climate-specific papers, but to some extent, what data are used? Are they relevant considering climate change? How resilient are the models or approaches we're looking at? How is it considered? Because I don't think anymore we can talk about environmental management without at least nodding to climate issues. I think it's important to remember that science-informed environmental decision-making is a mix of the objective and the normative. It's not science. It's how science is used to inform societal decision-making. So we have to ensure that our papers and our data are transparent, accessible, and that we address whose voice is being considered and who's at the table when those decisions are made and how the way we use our science affects those decisions and that process. Thank you so much, Sabina, for taking the time. We really look forward to what the journal is going to be like. Uh, we know it's going to continue to grow, but you're going to add your own flair to it. And so we're all excited about that. Thanks very much, Jenny. I'm looking forward to it too. You've been listening to a special episode of the IEAM podcast, where we caught up with the new editor-in-chief of IEAM, Sabina Opitz. Access the journal by going to ctacjournals.org. I'm Jenny Shaw, and thank you for listening to the IEAM podcast.